Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wilford sets off upfield. He wants a speech to run onto it. He might be the quickest. Oh, he kicks. He kicks ahead. And now Corey Oates will come. Oh, Oates with the one-handed pickup. How about that? Asako in behind them. He's confused. He didn't know whether to kick or whether to run. He takes the ladder option. Jermaine Asako will score. Hello Broncos fans and welcome to this week's episode of Broncos Weekly. As always, I'm Mitch and I'm joined on the line by our good friend Simo. How are you doing Simo? Not too bad, how about yourself? Recovering. <laughs> I'm okay. What are you? Oh, just oh, just miserable, mate, not just the Broncos. Anyone who's listened to Boom Rookies as well, which is probably lots of listeners, know I'm not exactly in the happiest state of mind with the state of rugby league at the moment. So when you have to work in the sport that you don't think's going that crash shot, it's just a bit of a grind at the moment, huh? Yeah, I get that. I mean, like, whereas I get to be mad at PVL on the weekend and then forget about it for a few days. Yeah, exactly, mate. But uh, yeah, a bit of a grind. And then we um we we missed the uh, episode of when we won a game because your missus had <laughs> the guess we forgot about. So we missed that last Wednesday. And then we had to talk about getting hammered again. So here we are. <laughs> Our favorite hobby, getting, uh, getting smashed yeah, cool. by the storm. People are going to catch on to us that like we know they're the only episodes people tune in for, so they're the only episodes we do. <laughs> That's the losses, mate. That's it, mate. None of the wins. And we had actually planned, like, oh, we'll do a recap Saturday morning. And both of us Saturday morning were like, ah. you know, <laughs> mate, yeah, I'm feeling a bit raspy in my throat and I don't know, you know. I was I was like Sunday morning. I was like, oh, I'm not super keen for this. And then I was yeah. like, I'm just going to wait and see if Mitch texts me. <laughs> Next, like, you can no. stand off. We both did the same thing. Oh, yeah, we, we knew the feeling. He'll he'll text me if he's got time. I know he's, we've been doing news more recently at the start, but let's just fucking go through these two terrible games quickly. I mean, this Storm game, it's obviously disappointing how they played, but it's just like every time we play this Storm, it's like you've caught, we we just know we're going to lose by thirty plus. Hey, every time, like it's disappointing, but it is the most expected thing to ever happen to us. Like yes. No one was shocked. It was just inevitable. It's just like showing up to work on Monday morning. Like you just know it's there. You know it's got to happen. You're disappointed by the weekend ending, but it just is what it is. Yeah, and and the, the thing that disappointing part is that the first 25 minutes or so, the storm were there for the taking, and maybe a Broncos team of yesteryear might have actually finally got their W over the storm with that first 25 minutes, especially with how the new rules. You kind of once you're on top, you're on top. 
But mate, they're like, there's a lot of terrible things like cliches I won't compare them to right now. You know, someone doing something to a doorknob, all that kind of stuff. For that first 25 minutes, they let us, they're like, you know, here's your chance to take this game if you've always won it. And we were like, I don't know, I don't know about that one, Melvin. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> we're gentlemen up here. It's all yours. We're coming to your house. And, uh, uh, it just, and, um, we'll get to it anyway, but, I may as well start now in this game review, but I'm ready for the Anthony Milford Brisbane Broncos divorce. I've accepted it's over. I don't know if I'll ever get there. Like 2016 was just so good and so, so long ago at this point. <laughs> That's it, mate. And it's, it's not that I don't think there's a talented player in there. It's just that, We've spent years on this podcast talking about we need to do X, Y, Z to get the best out of Milford. And we haven't done those things. And it's got to this point now. It's like, God, that isn't, it's the easiest thing now is like he's off contract. Just move on. That's it. Because we're not going to get like the nine, like Harry Grant ain't coming. You know, the nine we want ain't coming. Dearden's still learning and he's not going to be the guy who's going to, he's not going to be the senior half to Milford who's going to kick Milford up the ass and make him get involved in that kind of stuff. There's no big leader in the team who's going to drag him in line and make him do shit on the field. And there's no one to fix his attitude off the field. Not saying, I'm not saying he's like the player who misbehaves or doesn't train hard, but I'm, I 100% think anybody who knows him intimately would know he doesn't put in as hard as he could. And he still does enjoy the beers, still likes the pokies, all that kind of stuff. And none of that's just going to change. And we haven't got the structure in place to change that. Yeah. Someone else would like, I mean, it depends where he goes. There's yeah. definitely the possibility he goes to like the Storm or Roosters and they do get the best out of him. Yeah. I feel like the Storm, if they lost Jerome Hughes, it would have been like, that's where he'll end up. But now I have no idea where he'll, he'll go. But I don't think, and and Kevin Walters kind of confirmed it, saying that Milford hasn't played well enough to to get re-signed. But this game was one of those ones like, you know, we had the game in round one where he was really good, and again it was at Suncorp for Christ's sake. As it always has to be, he hasn't had a good game outside of Suncorp in like a decade or maybe ever. But this was one of those games again. It's just like you watch him, and it's like God, like is this it? Is, is this what you are now? Like every time you get the ball, you kind of have a mediocre-ish run. And that's when the ball comes to you, not when you go and get it. And then some sets you're happy to wait till fifth to put a bomb up. And the bomb has no purpose. It's a nice bomb, but it's like, are you just putting that up so you because you like want people to know you put good bombs up? Like there wasn't a t- strategy to that bomb, half of them. To be fair though, like 33% of his bombs just get dropped. <laughs> they do often, but like they weren't happening in this game. We just kept doing it. It's like, ugh. And then we got to like the second half, of course, after the down like 24 to six and he's done nothing. He must've got sprayed. And then he was over the park a little bit, you know, rapping on last tackle and running on last, like he loves to do. And then that's not scoring. And it's like, well, yeah, kind of, you know, I've accepted that that's just what the Anthony Milford experience is in this Brisbane team. And teams know what they're doing when they're playing us. And when he's coming into town, they know he's going to run the ball and look for second phase. They know what he's doing. There's not enough good players around him or structure around him to make him work. And, it's too, there's too many things that to come together to make Anthony Milford a good player, a consistently good player at Brisbane next year. Not to like fully excuse him from all blame, but when no. you were saying like when teams come to Brisbane, they know what's happening. Like yeah. that goes for every player on the field, really. Like yeah. no one else is playing 
exceptional outside him and making his job any easier. And he's not making anyone else's job any easier. Like it's just all pretty rubbish from everyone really. It is, mate. And we just we just haven't got anything anything in place to make him succeed. And it's like he's like twenty he's still young. He's twenty six now. Will he be twenty seven this year? Go on to twenty eight next year. Plenty of years left ahead of him. But it's just like, yeah, at that point, we've got other guys we've got to prioritize. I just don't think like there has to be something miraculous happens from here for him to still be at Brisbane next year. It feels like. Oh, I, you remember after the grand final in twenty fifteen. I was just like dead set next year. We're winning the grand final. There's no way we don't win. Like 15 was the year that it was like the the building year. Wayne's Mm. first year back. He's like, yeah, we made the grand final in our building year. There's no way we don't win two of the next four. Yeah. Now look at us. And the the funny thing is, mate, since he's been a half, he leads the halves in the competitions in tackle breaks. He leads all halves in run meters and runs. You know, he's still like sec- he's second or third in tries over that period. He's up like the top five in tries, this all that kind of stuff. But it's been so long since he put that together. That shit doesn't matter. Like over a stretch, he's still had like his numbers still look good, but like wasn't very good last year. Not great this all, year. All those numbers are from 15 and 16 they are. still. <laughs> they are. They are from those games where we do heats at the same time. At the same time. But it's unfortunate because you hate, it's not really happened to us at Brisbane that often through the history of the club to have someone so talented. And be so set up to fail, but here we are. <laughs> like, and then he has failed. He hasn't. Bro- he hasn't. You know, broken out. And I know many Brisbane fans expected him to be something different with the money he was making and whatever. But it just feels like it's over. And I know in preseason he was ta- training the house down, and everyone believed again. But it's already four weeks into the season, and the coach is like, "Yeah, look, probably hasn't had a new contract yet." Hey, <laughs> and if that's if Kevy's saying that publicly, you have to know he's probably pretty shitty privately. Yeah, I mean, you're always going to, yeah, if that's what's being said out to everyone, yeah, it's probably about done. Yeah, it is. And then, the, like, that's not to blame this result on him at all because it's not his fault they played, like, absolute garbage. But he didn't play well either. And it's like, so many of these things we keep repeating ourselves, mate, but it's like it, Pat Carrigan getting suspended is finally how he gets benched or gets removed from the side. Great. But then there's other guys in there like Pango was underused again for 30 minutes. The bench use was shit. Flegler's defense was garbage. Like, I don't know. How, yeah. We just, they punch <laughs> us in the face and we just lay on the ground, and let them kick us for the rest of the game after that first try. Kevy's never had good bench usage though. No, no. Like even when you're coaching origin and you have a whole year to put together your plan for your bench and he still couldn't figure that out. Like I'd never had hope for him doing it week to week. No, and um, and considering you know Pangai is one of your best players, you think he'd figure that out, but he hadn't this week. And especially, it's it seems to be saving his interchanges for the second half, and I'm hoping that strategy changes because as this year shows, pretty much if you get ahead, you can just kill the game. So hopefully he starts changing that and keeps the guys fresh earlier. But yeah, we we knew we weren't signing the world's greatest rugby league coach or a tactical genius. We knew we were getting like a culture guy, like a rugby league dad. And this is those games, you know, he's not going to get the bench use right. He's got to do weird things like having a halfback on the bench for three weeks in a row now. Yeah. I don't know. Definitely, though, these rules, mate, I'm not trying to blame the rules for it, but it's like I thought this team on a, on a regular year, I thought there's enough talent in this team for us to jag some games throughout the year. I'm already thinking, like, God, we're looking at, like, five or six wins is our ceiling 
You know, this team doesn't deal with adversity enough to get behind and chase a game. Yeah, well, so we're in that tipping comp where you tip like one game a week kind of thing and you have to tip yeah. every team over the course of the year. So there's like Cowboys, Bulldogs and Broncos are the three teams I'm looking at and be like, where am I going to find the win for you guys in all of this? <laughs> and then, yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, that's it, mate. Like what if on a regular balance year with the penalties being in place, the, the team gets a couple calls, they go down the field, whatever, they might score some points. But teams are totally, and it's not just the storm game. We're totally getting trapped in our half all the time by a team's better line. So it happened to Eels, Titans, and the storm game, even a little bit in the Broncos and the Bulldogs game. Without leg ups, there's not enough like good yardage, not enough good players to get down the field. A lot, it feels like. It feels like a lot of their sets are just like we're kicking it on our own 30 and 40 now. Disgraceful. But yeah, look at the draw. And we're like, you know, I have zero hope of us upsetting the Panthers or Rabbitohs. I mean, I can't believe we're $9 for a game this week and eight fifty next week. Then we have the Eels. You know, maybe we could beat the Titans. Then we have Cowboys, Seagulls. Yeah, but it's like you look for the draw. It's like, you know, I see like maybe five wins. It's, it's nice. <laughs> it's tough, but... Uh, <laughs> it's something. It oh, man, but, it's something. I know, but we need. I need to try and focus on the better signs with being like, you know, if they do start re-signing players, we'll even go through the news. We'll get to this one moment. It's not being that great in that either. We may as well talk quickly about the Bulldogs game. That it was just that was just like uber relief to finally win a bloody game. Hey, wait, it feels like forever ago now. Like obviously, it was nice to win a game, but I was probably more disappointed in that game than I was like, as far as performance goes, than like the Eels game. I thought like after the Eels, I was like, yeah, it's a loss. We didn't play terrible for the whole game. There's signs there, but and this, I thought we played pretty poorly against the Bulldogs really. And obviously Bulldogs are just a worse side. Yeah. So it is what it is, but it's like, man, like a couple of years back, you'd, you'd want to put 40 plus on a side like those Bulldogs. And now we struggle to even beat them. Like yeah. the, the scoreline, I forget exactly what the scoreline was, but it was very flattering. Like a couple of late tries, and it looks like nil, yeah. And it looks like a comfortable win. It was like eight nil with like twelve minutes to go, or whatever. Yeah, um, I'm I'm with you there. It's like round one's the best we've played so far this year. We may have won this game, but uh, we, you know, twenty four nil as you said, it was kind of um, it was kind of like. They were waiting for the dam to break open to like actually started playing footy at the end there. But they were nervous that whole first 50 or 60. It felt like worried about losing. Terrible. The first half might be the worst first half of any game this season. And yeah, that was also the game you realize like, God, this team is just like, they have no belief. There's lots of talent there. They have no belief in them. And there's just nobody dragging that boat forward. There's no one dragging that team in a direction. There's like nobody putting their name on the result. And I know Pangai and Haas play hard, but you can't be relying on like two front rowers to be that guy. Like there's like no one in the rest of the team. Coates keeps scoring tries out of nowhere. But, uh, and Asako had a great step in that game. Good to see some Jermaine at fullback. But like there's so many sets that they seem purposeless end on end. Well, we were only just up going into half and they had to drop about every second ball they had all through that first half to even like, if they had just held onto the ball, they probably would have been leading going into halftime. Like, they dropped so much ball. It just made it 
similar to like the Storm were playing terrible at the start. Obviously, the Storm are way better than the Bulldogs. But like the Bulldogs were just gifting us that game for the whole first half. Yeah. Out of a set, we left that we kept opening the door for them and they kept shutting it themselves. Yeah, <laughs> we like, don't want to nah, go in there. Nah, just slam the door in your face again. Yeah, like, yeah and, it, and it still feels like that teammate. We said this last year. Anytime anything good happened over the last two or three years, it was like individual brilliance. And that's the same this year. Like pretty much like Xavier Coates has scored a couple of tries from nothing or him being a freak. Asako set stuff up in round uh, three. It's like this team... Obviously, they train a week to a game plan or something. They train to something. We assume they do. We and don't they, know they do. <laughs> yeah, we don't. And then they, they go out there. You watch some of the sets they put together. And they just got no direction. They're rudderless. None, none of the halves or the nine is giving direction to anyone what they're supposed to be doing. We go through like three tackles of average hit ups. And the fourth tackle, we're like, well, we'll just offload, I guess. We'll just throw a, yeah. a, not even a good offload. We'll just like offload because we're still in our own 30. <laughs> God, it's just not great. Um, we touched on this a bit before too, but Pat Carrigan's defense, I think it was on, um, what's his Pappenhausen's second try. He's literally just grasping at air as he breezes past him. Oh, that's Flegler who grasps at air. That's it. Flegler. Yeah. Carrigan, let's that's an old and run over him. Then he gets, then he gets pulled. Oh, I'm mixing them up. I'm mixing up my like spud, <laughs> yeah. spud Broncos forwards, but oh, so, yeah. It's embarrassing, man. Like Flegler is one I've had belief in because when he has the ball, he has great leg speed, he runs hard, whatever, but his defense is disgusting. And like, all he wants to do is ragdoll people. Mate, stop using your hands. And you're so tough when you got Pappenhausen at the end of the half, weren't you, champ? Like, <laughs> he, he, look, he looks like, you know, how sometimes like you get like some nine year old kids and they watch like Ronaldo do something freaky in the world cup. And then they go in the backyard and they just practice that for like hours and hours and hours. Yeah. It's like, he watches like Gordon Tallis versus Brett Hodgson highlights in origin. And he's like, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, like, I mean, I believed in Flagler for a long time, but he's another one. I, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't care if we let him go. It's like, you look at that forward pack and I'd happily package lodge Carrigan and T- Flagler up for free for some other club. Just take him and we'll figure it out. Like, the salaries those guys are absorbing that we can't we seem to be nickel and diming everywhere else. It's just, yeah, not crash hot. And um, Carrigan, mate, like I think everyone's starting to come around on our viewpoint, which is great to see, but it's such again, so frustrating that like he doesn't, he always fucks up to get hooked. He never gets hooked before he fucks up. Like he got hooked after he let Olam yes. go through. It's like, well, maybe, you know, get him off before he's so gassy does dumb shit. Yeah, no, that was. It was killing. It's just, it's just painful to watch. Like, it, it if you went around and saw like watch first grade in like outback rural Queensland towns, like their front rowers have been putting in more effort than that. Like, yeah. I, and I know it doesn't mean everything for front rowers, but he's played forty two first grade games now for zero tries. Old Paddy Carrigan, and he's a lock. Like that's, but it just shows you how undynamic of a ball runner he is. And he's not even like never there in support or anything. Never been the guy that like when another forward's crashing over and he pops the ball, never even be that guy. Because all he does is these little shit out, shit one out runs, his hit ups that don't really do much. And then works hard and air quotes in defense. Like you see like some, some middles and stuff you see when they run, like they actually look like they're running into the line hard. Yeah. And 
they'll get past that defensive line, like, you know, take make an extra cup. He just seems to, like, stop at the line. He's, you know, and he's just happy to just, like, that's the meters, like, you've given me. That's that's all I'm going to take. I'm just going to stop here. You can tackle me here. Yeah. He never seems to be, like, doing it, working hard in running the ball, trying to get extra meters. He's, he, I wasn't a fan of him before the rule change, but with them, he's the type of front rower that nobody wants on their roster because he's not dynamic. Because he's not a lock to me. He's a front rower. He can't, he can't lead the line and pass the ball or anything. He just like doesn't hit hard. Doesn't like, you know, if, if he came off the bench, he wouldn't have impact either. Doesn't really change anything. I, you know, just not my type of guy. And I just think Kevy, to, for me, it's like, if you want to set a standard, you can't have Flegler and Carrigan keep making mistakes like they do and keep them in the 17. Even if you think they're in your best 17 players, when guys like, like Reese Kennedy for all his faults, the two games he played this year performed, he should have taken one of their jerseys. And it should have been, look, he earned his spot. It's up to you to earn yours back kind of thing to those guys. But we don't ever do that anymore. We've seen before, like when Wayne was still at Broncos, Ben Hunt had a bad couple of games and he had, he got dropped to Q Cup for a yeah. couple of weeks. And like at that point, Ben Hunt was still the club's best number seven. But it's like, mate, you're not playing well. Come back when you're playing well. Like That's all it was. That's all it has to be. Two weeks out of first grade. Like... Go see the the threat of dropping Corey Oates made him decide he's a winger again, yeah. and he gets out there, and then he's out of the side. But it's like, yeah, good good teams do that all the time. Yeah. Like the the troll got dropped at the Roosters for Christ's sake. You know, it's a long time ago, but the troll was in reserve grade for half of a season, at one point at the Roosters. And it's like, you can do that to somebody at the start of the season, and it makes a big mm-hmm. impact to them. They're like, oh, I could get dropped, and then they'll play harder. But like. Honestly, when it really comes down to it, games that matter and finals and stuff, like you're gonna have those players back. Yep. Who cares like who you drop for like some Thursday night game in round seven? Like that, you know, no one cares then. No, they don't. Exactly right. And um, he got dropped like it was, you know, not huge, but they were playing Michael Gordon at fullback over having him in the side, the troll back back in that year. The Roosters were like they're making a point, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, but that's, yeah. So I just don't like that those guys keep doing it, but it's the same thing as we saw from Kevy as a tactical coach in origin. It's like, he seems to want to keep giving guys opportunities to to fail. Like Jared Wallace, he kept picking when he kept being terrible at origin, pick Nate Miles in that game, pick Darius. It feels like the guys really have to let Kevy down to be dropped out of the side. And even like Brody Croft can't get dropped. You know, he has to go back to the bench. And now this week it's like, oh, we're going to do the thing again. Like, Brody Croft comes on after f- with 15 left. Mate, uh, I felt <laughs> fast. I felt fast. this week, by the way, too, sitting there in his goddamn tracksuit on the bench, watching Brody Croft playing ball, playing lock. <laughs> <laughs> and he probably plays seven better than him. He plays every position better than he him. He does. Oh, well. Anyway, let's move on from these two games. Um, we didn't really need to preview us getting towed tomorrow, do we? We're playing the Rabbitohs. It's going to be a big score. <laughs> 13 plus to the Rabbitohs. Yeah, 24 plus. I mean, they're missing Cody, but Benji's going to still put a work on us. That left edge of theirs, our right edge has been ready to crack for a few weeks now and getting away with like Coates made a couple of good reads. Tessie saved his own ass sometimes. I've got away with some shit. The Rabbitohs are going to score like 30 points down that side. Well, the Storm kept trying to go to their left and then they just dropped the ball like 400 times. Like, Yeah. And then like the only try we scored was them dropping the ball. Like, Yeah. 
Um, uh, I tell you what, one one thing did annoy me lastly. By the way, is like I'm a big Pappenhausen guy. Yes, he scored four tries. He did nothing in three of them. No, okay. he just he just supported up the middle. Yes, and, uh, it was killing me acting like we we're getting people like get him in Origin over Tedesco. We're getting globe trotted on. It's like no, he just like you know eight or nine fullbacks in the competition had at least three tries in that game if they were playing for the Storm. I'm not going to say all of them support perfectly, but eight or nine had at least those those three. And it's it's Storm first Broncos that like Dalian yeah. points shouldn't count. The game is just <laughs> it, it just is like. None, none of this matters. It does. Like, it should have an asterisk in the history books for four tries. Like, yeah. And the, uh, well, the bad news for that game is Samuel Herbie also got injured and he's been a bit of a bright spot for us this, this season. So that's unfortunate. <laughs> and Richie Kenna comes in, you know, I guess, I guess that's a thing. <laughs> How's Corey? It's not back in this side then. Yeah. I don't know. Cause I, I thought he might've done, and I'm not sure what I prefer either. He might have done David Mead into the centers and Oates on the wing. But I guess Kenner is there. I mean, Oates is another one. I'm an Oates fan, but again, that's another salary just burning a hole at this point too. Like, if you're not playing and you're on that much money, what's the point? Yeah. It's yeah. it's fun. Anyway, they're going to murder us. a few people like this though, that, like him. You just like, what happened? Because he was so good. Like literally not that long ago. Like we got to go back to sixteen for Milford, but Oates yeah. was like nineteen. Like he was good in nineteen still. Like he was good until like they put Darius Boyd at center. Yeah, it was, that, that was <laughs> That's it. Darius. They put Darius at center, and he never scored a try since. It just killed him. Yeah, because he that, was, yeah. until they put Darius at center, he was going like try a game still that season, and then they put Darius at center, and he just never scored a try. Yeah, he had 13 tries in 15 games that season, and then Darius goes to center. He doesn't score the rest of the year. So he had seven games of that tries, and he scored two last year in 14 games. And the guy before that who'd scored, yeah, 13, 18, 16, 18, 14. It's like, yeah, a bit of a drop-off. And uh, he, he, he always seems a bit like a confidence player. Like, hmm. obviously, Boyd's not been at center ever since. I don't know. He, he wasn't even there the rest of that year. But, like... It was almost like because he had those few weeks with Boyd there, that made it way harder for him to score. But then everyone was talking about how bad he's been playing. So then he played bad because everyone was telling him he was playing bad after that. And it's just like, it's just snowballed from then because it just seems like a very Corey Oates thing to do is just get in your own head. Yeah. I think David Mead's <laughs> been one of our better players this year, bar not jumping for that bomb. But that bomb, by the way, the commentary on that bomb, Troy. About time a commentator mentioned how shit the entire team was on that. That was good from Cooper Cronk, like how nobody gave a shit. The bomb went up and they all were like stood and watched Mead and he didn't compete and everyone just watched. They were like, oh, well. But anyway, apart from that, Mead's been good. But I do think at some point you have to give Corey Oates a go to see if Corey Oates has anything left because obviously his ceiling is much higher than David Mead's. Yeah, but even like... Sorry, I'll go to the Corio's point. Like, yeah, for sure. And also, I don't think it would be hard for him to match Mead, like attacking and scoring tries wise. But he's going to give way better yardage work as well. So, like, there's definitely a way better, that. there's a way better player in O's there than Mead. Yeah. But also, isn't it just like depressing when you're just like, yeah, David Mead's one of our best players. Like, it's yeah. David 
bloody mead. Like, and, and that's because he's only because he's been putting and he hasn't fucked up. He fucked up once, but that's pretty much why. Yeah, and yeah, it's nothing that's talent from him. It's just that yeah. he's been trying harder than the rest of the other players. No one's trying as hard as him. Yeah, and a, another one like yeah, good to have him in. Like, feels like the guy that put pressure on others to get into you know to but. Coates is never losing his spot, Xavier, but you just think like Corey Oates need, should probably get a run in the team at some point soon. Just to see, as you said, if he comes in there and his dick fingers are two weeks, well, whatever. Fair enough. But it's like, you know, we're going to lose this week anyway and next week anyway. Why not see if he can actually give us some yardage again? And, you know, if he's a bit more dynamic again, I don't know. I'd like to see that. The, my big worry this week, though, is um, the the Croft on the bench stuff. I hope that changes. will kick off. But at least Asiata is there, like, I do think that with the way the game's being played now, Asiata needs to be on our bench. Just a guy who can move the ball around the field and yeah, offer yeah, something great. different. Yeah. Oh, well, anyway, we're going to get tailed. Let's talk about some of the news. Okay. So we did talk about the Kevin Milford thing. Uh, we'll talk about this one quickly because he's not coming back to the Broncos, but Wayne's moving back to Brisbane and people immediately were like, whoa, he's going to the Broncos. Just do and- it. Well, he's and he's already said today. He already said today he's not going to. He's like he's never going. He's not going to Red Red Hill. He's moved on. He don't think about the Broncos. He's moved on. He said, but he said he's had one phone call at the seventeenth team, and a guy wanting to know if I'm interested in coaching them. It's just obvious that Wayne is moving back to Brisbane. He's agreed with all of the seven extra Brisbane teams that he's going to coach them. Yeah, if not coach them, be involved. He's got a contract with all of the bids. And yeah. it's just whichever one gets approved, he's count works. That's it. And then he works from Brisbane next year, like recruiting. And then the year after, he's he's either like he's either the head coach or the coaching director at Brisbane Whatevers. Brisbane Drop Bears. Yeah, I'm like I, I hate that because like if he's not going to coach, you'd love him at at our club, but. Yeah, it, it, it definitely would have been there. And I know he's old and whatever, but it's definitely the perfect thing for the next Brisbane team to have him for, for their start, those fuckers. <laughs> you could, whether it's coaching director or like he coaches for three years and then they have mm. somebody else, like just to start the franchise off on the right foot yeah. would just be huge for him. Yeah. Um, next bit of news. So it's on and off again, on, on again, off again, off again, on again. Race Walsh. Not moving to the Warriors yet now, and we haven't got Paul Turner yet. But and, and there's obviously some truths and untruths in what's been reported, and I don't know exactly what the facts are, but the reports are that like we've essentially bottled this because we didn't understand Paul Turner's contract that he wasn't like Reese Walsh is on development contract, so we didn't understand that Paul Turner was wasn't on a development contract. It's embarrassing on so many levels because, like, at the, the, this day and age, me and you can Google that. It's not like it was like a secret and the Warriors didn't tell them. Yeah. Me and you can Google that. So I think it's fallen apart that we want Paul Turner to become a development player. And obviously, he wants to be in the top 30. And, and I know the, the reports are saying we're holding one spot in the 30 for Billy Walters, but we have two spots available in the 30. We lost McCulloch and nobody came in. We already had another one. And Kobe Hetherington is on NRL's website as being in the 30, but he's not. So um, there's two spots in the 30s. That's what I don't get. So what's the other spot for? I don't know. Carmichael Hunt to play six, maybe. I don't know. Do it. <laughs> oh, actually, that reminds me. Budu sent me. 
<laughs> at link today it was i didn't even end up reading it because i just read the headline and like started celebrating but it was like carmichael hunt wants to play halves and he's named who he wants to be his halves partner with <laughs> i was like said to Buddha, i was like let's just do it like who even cares at this point yeah i mean he did say that he wants to play with did which is funny but uh oh yeah okay yeah, yeah, he did. He did. Works. It, it works. Let's do it. Get him in there. Play with Dean. Get rid of Milford. Why not? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's um a swap will be good. But it's again in a Kevy's comments. We said the other week how he's obviously he's not subtweeting, but he, as you say, he's sub sub speaking. We call it now. <laughs> he's um about Pete Nolan. He said one of the comments today was like about his job is to coach. Is other people's at the club's job to do recruitment and retention. Again, it's another slide dig that someone else has bottled it. That's not him. But you think like Nolan keeps doing this stuff. Donna, he's surely getting rid of him when he comes in. I mean, we see a lot of things that just seem super like black and white. Like, why would you yeah. hire like Seincroft and stuff? And like the whole world can see how bad it is. But like, this is the most like open and shut win. Like, come in day one, make this move. Yeah. No one complains. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay, and fingers crossed they don't bottle it. And the other funny, this is a funny story, I think, because it doesn't mean he's not going to go there next year. I had to laugh like that. News Corp already have their hands on it. They've received a report that a third party associate has contacted Tom Dean's management to sound out him joining the Cowboys this season. And it's just so fucking funny. It's like, oh yeah, so it's not nothing's wrong with it because a third party asked him. (laughs) Seems very sus. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting more, more and more worried about losing him to the Cowboys because of like, if Michael Morgan is injury retired, they can like they'll do something. They can do something dumb and throw over a million bucks at him. Then you know, it's like the third party is some like housing building group from Townsville. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <it>. <laughs> uh, I mean. That that's the obvious one from Cowboys is like just get rid of Morgan. But like also I don't know if I'm really that worried about this. This gonna come back to bite me for saying this, but like Cowboys, when's the last time they made a smart move? Yeah, I mean it's it's one of the things that helps us now is if he looks at the Cowboys, they're somehow in worse shape than we are. Yeah. Look like they look like there's a big rebuild facing them as well. <laughs> but I like we do know um that did and Grew up as a um, as a fan, sorry, as idolizing Thurston, and he has the same manager as Thurston. Thurston isn't at the Cowboys now, obviously, but he still does his bits around there. We'll see. But it's, this is one of the reasons why, like, we we get so focused as a club on like resigning our players. It's one of the things why, like, you know, for example, Adam Reynolds is looking for a club. I'm not saying sign Adam Reynolds, but I'm saying have the meetings with Adam Reynolds. Put the pressure on Dearden to make a decision. And if he goes, you sign Reynolds. You yeah. Know, I, I don't love Reynolds. We'll take him for two, three years. Like, you no, know, I, he, and I get, though, the not wanting Reynolds, but like, it's also not just him in this situation. It's like all of these people that come up and are available, like, yeah. You should talk to them and like do what your job is and not just like, no, we're going to re sign. Tana Boyd, who's going to be a half in three years, or yeah. like there's always the Broncos is always just like sign these young, this young guy that's 21 and he's going to be the guy in two years' time. It's like, no, go sign a guy that is the guy today, yeah, and stop leaving <laughs> the ball. We gave so many players, op- player options out, 
but they we keep leaving the ball on the players' court. Like there's no there's no threat on those guys. Like they can pick Brisbane or elsewhere. It's like no, it should be some pressure on them. You guys, you pick Brisbane now, or we're, we're hitting the market. We just had meetings with you know, we just had a meeting with Adam Reynolds. Did make a decision because we're not sitting here and waiting for you to make a decision. They yeah. put pressure on those guys to make their calls. Don't wait until Michael Morgan's got his injury retirement, and then they get to go sign him. It's like no, like and and that's the thing is well, you have that meeting because if Dean does go, you have another option. Because right now, if if we wait three months, Reynolds signs elsewhere or the Rabbitohs whatever he signs and then did and signs with the Cowboys. What you're the done. fuck are we going to do? Yeah. You're done. Yeah. We what? bring back Ash Taylor or sign Milford and go, well, he's hoping <laughs> like they got to sort that out. Like, yeah, I don't know. But that's, as you said, it's a symptom of what's been wrong with the club recruitment wise for a couple of years now. And no coincidence, the guy who handed out literal paper bags in the Parramatta car park and somehow got hired by our club and recruitment. No coincidence, he doesn't seem to be the sharpest recruitment <laughs> officer going around. Uh, like, yeah, and this keeps coming out over, again and again and again, these little things that he's bottled. And uh, I guess I'm sure he'll be gone soon, but it, yeah, it just it's killing me, mate. They're like, even the thing, like, I'm not against, we've been over the stags thing, but it is killing me, guys like Cam Munster are saying publicly, oh, yeah, I'd love to go play in Brisbane. And we're just like, we don't read that the paper that day. <laughs> we just like, we skipped over that page. The papers, the paper doesn't fly in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, mate. We're like, oh, no, we'll, we'll move stags there. And then the next club will like announce Bennett and Bell and Bennett and Munster to like sign for 2023. And we'll sit there and go, oh, fuck. That's a bit big, isn't it? <laughs> it's a bit of a threat, isn't it? Like, yeah. Maybe we should do something about that. Um, and the last, actually, yeah, it's all that. These are all the topics. Yeah, that's all the news we, we had. We can get a questions. Um, well, I just, okay, we've got a 10 now on Facebook, so we've got a few here. From Ashley, did Carmichael Hunt and Beric Barnes leaving the club in the mid-2000s send the recruitment plan into a spiral we now see the full depth of today? They were the key players tipped to make the reins, take the reins after Lockyer, the key areas we have been missing since 2011. Nah, nah, that's too long ago. Definitely dinged them in that period. And that was the Henjack time where players were bailing, similar to the Seabold, Seabold times. But that's too long ago, mate. This this bottling has happened like right when they, when the last year they tried to get rid of Wayne and they just, they started handing other contracts. This is when the bot, this bottling started. Well, to me, like since then, we've made a grand final and a top yeah, four exactly. a couple of times. So, like, you can't. Like maybe if we'd finished bottom eight, like in the 10 years since then, you could be like, that's where it started. And we never recovered from then. And like, we should have recovered and we hadn't in that time, but like we've, we made a grand final since then. Exactly, mate. And um, some of the, like over that decade, obviously not this year, but I think even including last year, we were third overall in the last 10 years for wins in that period. So whilst there was some lean years like 2013 and 14, whatever, we were behind just a storm on the roosters over that decade. So you can't point back to losing Barrack Barnes in 2006 as when that happens. <laughs> like, because 2006 is still like five years before Lockie retired. Like, that's a long time to wait. Yeah. That guy, us, I got to wait around. And we had like, we were really good in 2008, 2011. Like, there were some really good sides then. And it just, it just didn't oh, like, happen. Like, 
I will go to the grave thinking if the, if Lockyer doesn't get kneed in the face, oh, we win sure. the 2011 grand final. I will go to the grave believing that. But this is also not just NRL fans. I think it's like sports fans in general. But it's like if you don't win the grand final, like the other, all the rest of the teams are kind of just like all had the same bad season. Yeah. But you can have great seasons and have a really good team. Like the 2015 side was a really good side and super enjoyable to watch. They were really good at rugby league. And like they didn't win the grand final, but like that doesn't mean like people will be like, oh, Broncos haven't won since 2006. It's like, yeah, but we've had some really good sides in that time and it's just not happened. Like it's hard to win a premiership. That's just the way the chips have fallen. Yep. I mean, that year, like that 22, we all know that that 2011 year, we won the last eight on the trot before Lockie got injured. And we only just lost to Manly by eight without him. And if we win that prelim, because the team that last beat us, of course, was the Melbourne Storm. Whoever won that prelim was winning the grand final. They played the Warriors in the grand final. So, look, I have 100% in my mind, if Lockyer plays, we win that competition. As you said, doesn't mean the team was shipped for the whole decade because we didn't win a competition. There was good years in that decade. No, people would just look back and be like, there's no Broncos grand final wins. Like, yeah. Uh, Johnny, he just asked about why Corey Oates isn't being picked over Kenner. We've kind of touched over that. Hmm. Uh, from Jesse, thoughts on watching Anthony Seabold on the game plan on NRL.TV um, or on NRL TV. On a serious note, do you believe that Brisbane media have an effect on how the rest of the league and the Broncos perceive our young talent? Because it seems that we always have the next big thing. Is the media hype making Broncos development players targets for other clubs and making the worth of players more than they are. Sorry for the long question. Mate, always. It's always been a problem for us. It's actually, at the moment, our team's so shit that it's not affecting us as much, but it's affecting <laughs> that players leave. But you can think back. We, we used to talk about this. Like You think back to when Tauta Moga signed for us, and I know it's a long time ago, but he came on one year on an 80K deal, and he had 300 plus K the next year after that. You know, Benji came on the minimum. Exactly. Benji came on the minimum and had money thrown him the year after that. You you see other guys like Tom Opacek, like made a career off being a Bronco at one point. Like there's lots of guys that get that Brisbane media attention, but also play on those, those games on Friday night. And I think everyone who listens to this podcast starts to understand now that people who work in the game or talk about the game don't actually watch all the games, but they watch a lot of Broncos because they're on, you know, on Friday night. Yeah. And like, Broncos have a couple of Friday nights in a row and someone like Opacek has a couple of good games in a row on those games. And like the whole rugby league country has seen those games and like knows, knows about that. But you get a two o'clock game on a Saturday afternoon. No one's watching that game except like the fan of those two teams and like 38 other people. Yeah. hundred percent, mate. <laughs> and like people knew who Payne Haas was like two years before debut. Yeah. They knew who Callum Pongery was when he was like a 15-year-old Bronco. There was articles being written about him back then, way earlier before. Like That's what happens at Brisbane. But like you go ask people to name like the like one and two drop sharks props outside the top 17. Nah. Like, you know, no no one's going to know those people. No, nah, like a guy I spoke about this preseason, he had a really good game on the weekend for the Sharks, Teague Wilton. Like people would have no idea who the fuck he was four weeks ago. But if he was no. at Brisbane, he would have been the next Sonny Bill clone. <laughs> next Shane Webke. Yeah, and that, and that and it is it is part of being the big team, but it's also part of, that's it's a double edged sword. Like for, it's the first time it's really biting on the on the ass is the last couple of years because like in the past we had that hype, but we were so good that lots of players wanted to stay anyway. Or we had that cachet of being the Brisbane Broncos and 
we still lost players, but like we didn't have that thing where well, Brisbane don't lose players they want to keep, even though we did lose players we wanted to keep. But <laughs> on the whole, it didn't feel like it didn't feel like every year we were fighting to keep our players. The last three years, it's felt like every year we're fighting to keep players and we're not even recruiting any either. Uh, from Vince, how good is it not seeing Pat Carrigan, <laughs> Pat, fuck up again, sorry, on the team sheet? And should he have got a season suspension instead of one week? Uh, mate, it's up to us to, to make that more permanent, not the NRL's fault. So, um, But we'll see. Hopefully, Pangai has a good game starting. I believe he will. And it doesn't change from there because I, I got the theory of what they did with Pango last week. But it's one of those classic things that the theory is better than the practice. The theory is, you know, we'll have Haas on to start and then Pango will come on and always be like a great player on the, in the middle of the field for us or similar. But the practice is the game's over and Pango comes on. You know, it's 24-6 or whatever. It's like start with your best team with this, these rules and blow the team away and see what happens. But yes, hopefully no more Carrigan. I mean, or yeah. bench at most next week. Uh, from Nathaniel, surely Pakes is due for a run and Asiata 13. Asiata getting his bench runs good. you got to, like, you can again read the tea leaves. They don't seem to be very big fans of Corey Pakes because he's not even making the 21s. Like, so, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I I do think um, Kobe Hetherington, when he's eligible to, to play, I think it's around 11. I think he'll be straight into that 14 jersey or close and not as the bench hooker as a lock, but who can maybe spell token for 10. I don't like him at hooker. Don't mind him at lock, but I think uh, that's the way we're headed before we start playing a Corey Pakes there. Uh, <clears throat> from Jack, chances of Broncos making the finals next year. And is Selwyn Cobbo a chance of playing? Well, Cobbo hasn't played much cup. Has he played any cup? I, I checked two weeks ago and he, he hadn't played. And obviously this weekend um, there was no cup. So I don't know. I don't know what his odds are of playing. I know they rate his talent. Okay, lie. He did play in round two. He didn't play round one, and he scored in, in for uh, winner Manly, and he started at fullback. But I do, I do think uh, we might be throwing chips into his basket now. That's the next. You know, forget about Reese Walsh, Cobbo. That's the next one. Yeah, uh, these players are getting younger and younger that we're looking to. They but I like his talent, and I also like because. Guys like Walsh and Tessie and similar were talented coming through and you could see it, but they're like mine or your height. I love when you get to see a dude who's like two meters tall and just massive and Selwyn Cobb is one of those guys. You're like, yeah, let's start from there and work backwards, you know? Yeah. Like our coach is like that. But, uh, and what was the other part of the question? There was another part outside of Cobb. Uh, the Broncos making the finals next year. Uh, like it's you don't like writing teams off year on end in the NRL, but again, the Broncos have a long way to go to finalizing their 2022 roster. So, yeah, I mean, and so much has to happen between here and like May next March next year. So, yeah, uh, Chris just asked about Dean the Cowboys, covered that from Blake. When is Lodge getting shopped around? Already been shopped, mate. Nobody wants him, like, classic. The- yeah, the best the best thing for Brisbane, unfortunately, is Matt Lodge playing games. I'd like because they need someone to buy into. Oh, he had five good games in a row. Maybe we can do this. Maybe he's our guy. But he was sure. turned down by the Warriors, mate. If he didn't go there, where his father in law is the bloody recruitment manager, it's not going to happen. Yeah, some Sydney team, surely. 
Yeah, it's about the time of year, mate, that nobody's desperate yet. Like, same thing while there's no queue for Adam Reynolds yet. Teams are all looking for, they're looking, they're picking, they're farming and shopping at the top of the tree, you know, but there'll be a few weeks now and there's rotten fur in the ground. That's all that's left. <laughs> and will be after Lodge. That's it. Matt Rodge is that rotten apple sitting down there. Like, oh, you know what? It's still food, isn't it? <laughs> it is that rotten apple, but it's not too bad yet. Half of it's still probably yeah. edible and you can eat that side and throw the rest away. <laughs> exactly right, mate. But, but, oh man, he still has, oh my God, he still has three and a half years left on his contract. Oh my God, Seabold. <laughs> and Nolan. Oh my God. Uh, um, from Bluey, is Kev taking the piss about backing Milford for a great performance? Or has it finally dawned on Milford that needs to pull his finger out or it will be park footy next year? Mate, I feel like he's got enough rockets in his career, Milford, that it should have dawned on him a long time ago. But, yeah, I, I do think, um, as you said earlier, that Ben Hunt dropping that Wayne did a couple of years ago, I think I would, if I was the coach of the team, I would have done that with Milford this week if I had someone to do it for. But we don't have that body. That's why I wanted Paul Turner, by the way, to have someone who wasn't Brody Croft that we could like stick in for a few weeks and challenge Milford. Honestly, Milford should just, like, he's earned good money at this point. Hmm. He should just go pick Q Cup side and just play Q Cup and he's going to score three tries a game. Yeah. And he's going to set up a bunch. Like, he would carve up Q Cup. He, like how we say like Mitch Moses is like a minnow basher and he'll run downhill forever. Yeah. It would definitely be that in Q cup and he, he'll just enjoy himself and he can live in Brisbane with his parents still. Yep. As we mentioned earlier though, as well, how Brisbane is so widely publicized Milford's demise is everybody knows about it. He's fucked for getting a decent contract next year. If he keeps playing like this, like here we on the one at clubs, like you said, not Q cup, Probably not, but it'd be like, oh yeah, 100, 200K prove it deal. Meanwhile, Kieran Foran got like 500K every year. <laughs> oh, and that's, that's also the thing. Like as much, as bad as Milford's been, he's still been like better than some of the, a lot of these other halves that still get these Correct. deals. Whereas like no one knows what Kieran Foran's done for the last six years, but people look back, oh, back when he was at Manly and playing with DCE <laughs> in, in 2011. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Even longer you know, than, than Milford's. Yeah, so it's it's definitely a thing where everyone knows knows about Milford and just people don't know about these other guys. Yeah. Uh, last one on Facebook from David. He said, RIP, Tommy. He was a real character in rugby league. Uh, I think you were saying Tom Dearden was dead. I was like, oh, yeah, no. Tommy Rodonicus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tommy. <laughs> Different Tommy. Um Oh, I went to put his DMs. I got to find Twitter again. Here we go. I got it. Oh, the people jumped on Twitter. There's a lot here. There is, yeah. We've got bloody, we get the Buddha in your dickhead retweets. Yeah, yeah. so then you get all the, all the crazies like, yeah. send in comments. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, underscore Mert one. It's always hard to implement change, but even more so when there are too many voices. Do you think the old boys are helping or hindering the evolution? I don't. I think they're helping because we went. I don't like the idea of having a million old boys around. We went so far the other way the last couple of years. Uh, do you think we need some, the bites? Yes, we. I think we need some old boys around there, like just a bit of that breathing, some of that Broncos intensity. If you get me, but again, we're a club talked about too much with too many opinions, with too many old boys with access to microphones. But that's what it is. I think, like, 
yeah, I, pretty much what you said there. But like from where we were with none of it, I would rather have more of them around than less because you can guarantee all those old boys are like, they're not, none of them are going to be happy with the attitude they see on the weekend. And they're yeah. going to like, and they all have their opinion and they're all probably not afraid to say their opinion. So for the most part, I don't think it's a bad thing. Uh, Benny DTD. What are the first three moves you think Donahue Donahue has to make when he arrives at the club on first of May? Uh, well, first day we'll go. Okay, first three moves you make. So first day well, we you, you, get, you, get, you get the tour or whatever of the joint. So May second, <laughs> <laughs> Peter Nolan is yeah. he just he he turns up and his swipe card doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> what was that, that that Jets player or whatever that showed up to the facility and he's like yeah. swiping and it's not that's that's Peter Nolan. That's it. His psycho doesn't work. The second thing he has to do, call Cam Munster, mate. Do some dodgy calls. Cam Munster, Harry Grant, Dale Finucan, you're off contract next year. Who cares? You're the captain. A couple of those phone calls. That's number two. Uh, that's number three. I don't know what number three is. But those are the... Because, th- yeah. I mean, he's got to sort out the, the, the situation with Peter Nolan, the recruitment team. And, and I do think he's probably after looking for a replacement for Kevy next year, but I don't think he's going to start that now. So No, you probably got some time before that happens. Especially, I mean, you don't know who's going to be off contract either. Like some coaches might, well, you probably don't want a coach that's been moved on. Yeah. Uh, also, if Benny continues, also given we still haven't uh, signed in, who should be top of our radar for a half if not him? Yeah, I think I mentioned that earlier that it's Adam Reynolds is like the obvious one, just considering, again, I don't love him as a player. I think he's a top six or seven halfback, but like off contract, you know, could get him on a couple of years to actually be that, you know, let that guy who sees the team around we've been looking for for a, for a while if we lose did. And if not, I'm going for Sean Johnson, my next one. And then outside of that, we're fucked. <laughs> we're, we're fucked. I it's like, do we we have to like call up Ash Taylor? Adam Reynolds is like who we should have paired with Milford one Adam Reynolds contract ago. Yes. Like when Hunt left, it should be like, well, okay, why don't you have Nick Raymer? Fuck this shit. Let's go. Let's go get. Is it Adam Reynolds. Or like we said at the time, Blake Green was available back then. Yeah. It should have been Blake Green as well. Yeah. Green's one I wanted for ages because he was going to cost absolutely nothing and he's still trotting around. Yeah. Uh, from Fresh. Um, give us a follow, Mitch. <laughs> Simo follows me for some weird reason. You should uh, too. I have a grand total of zero tweets, but we share a mutual disdain for Seabold and Pat Garrigan. Surely that counts for something. <laughs> so we got, we're, now we're begging for follows, are we? Mate, I'm typing in now. I don't have any S's I've got to put in here. It's not working. S S S S H H H H. S S S S. Yeah, cutting like okay, I can find it from Broncos Weekly. I'll, I'll look later, but this is absolute I mean, peak of radio. It is, mate. Peak broadcasting. <laughs> we always have the highest standard here. Always. <laughs> it always seems like the less effort we put in, the better listeners we get. So, like one yeah. day we're gonna end up just playing like Dota together and just chatting about the Broncos while we're playing Dota or something. Yeah, <laughs> and, like that's, that's the podcast. Pythago <laughs> <laughs> NRL. Can we start a campaign to get Dean drop back to reserve grade so he can build his confidence winning a premiership, seeing as the Broncos are not doing anything this year? 
I mean, yeah, it, I, I, on that boat that is probably more beneficial for him to be playing for South Logan at the moment. But it's just the alternative is Brody Croft, and I can't do it. <laughs> um, okay, so Mitch has changed his name to Mitch underscore, like spelled out U N D E R S C O R E. Oh, it's like, yeah, I've not seen that before, but it's easy now. I'm sure you guys have discussed it before question time, but if not, can you give us a summary of Wayne versus the Broncos, Dragons, Knights, Rabbitohs records, and also Wayne versus other Broncos coaches? He's what he's, so he's record against. Oh, so I think Wayne versus the Broncos while he was at the Dragons, Knights, and Bunnies. Yeah. And then also Wayne versus other Broncos coaches. So Wayne has a bad record against Griffin, I remember. It's I think he, he's He's always got a pretty average record against a lot of like his former sides. Yeah. So he has a four from 13 strike rate against Griffin. Uh, I think Seabold's the one he's, four, he's got four out of five against Seabs because that was even before Seabold moved up. They swapped. He, he was pounding him there. So um, who else are you taking on, former coach? I don't know, but he definitely. Um, well, what, what did he have against Henjack? Henjack. Let's have a look here. Two from five. Not great. We were pretty good against that team there. Uh, and I'm trying to think who he took on. It was taken on Steve Price down there. Yeah, uh, he lost all of them against Steve Price. Oh, like I just remember... Well, it was Newcastle. It was, yeah. I remember he went to Newcastle. And it was round one, his yeah. first game at Newcastle, and they lost to the Dragons. And like... Yeah. I, I don't, again, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I always just remember it being like weird that he just lose games against his former sides. Yeah, he's zero from four against uh, Stephen Price, and then but he is uh, four from five against Rick Stone. But it's like one of those things. It feels like um, it's almost like self motivating for the players to prove Wayne wrong because yeah, it's yeah. Wayne. It's not just another former coach. It's Wayne. And then you get like some coaches are just so bad that it doesn't even matter, like Rick Stone and Anthony Seabold. That's it. Uh, Andrew RLP said with Moses and by looking for a new club, where will he line up for the Broncos? Yeah, that's a great fear of mine. Uh, I don't well, see, think it's going to happen. Jake Friend retired, so that's one I have to stop stressing about now. Yeah, look, I, I feel sorry for Jake Friend, but much relief for myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I was really scared of Moses and by, like, say if Kevy was our coach a year earlier. Or oh, has me scared. I think I don't think it's a thing now. I don't think uh, Kev's interest is is too gone. Yeah, I think so. God, that would oh, how far down the barrel we'd have to scrape to make Moses then buy our seven. We're like we're like through the barrel. Hey, would you rather Moses and buy or Lachlan Lewis? God, that's terrible. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's Lachlan Lewis. Lachlan Lewis has time like, Lord. He can at least point. Yeah, Time Lord. He can point <laughs> where he's putting his kicks and time stops around him. Just point to Xavier Coates and kick it over the head. <laughs> Liam Patrick, 1993. Will the Broncos improve this season or is it a write off already? It's, it's, it's a bit of a write off. <laughs> like, the, the new rules haven't helped teams like us, but uh, you just hope. You know, we get a couple of wins throughout the year and you're just hanging on for those good wins that just don't seem to be coming. Like round one would have been one of those, but yeah, I think it's a bit of a write-off, mate, sadly. I don't know about you, Simo. Yeah, I don't really have many hopes. Yeah, yeah. Again, because we have the broadcast draw. We play all the good teams twice, even though we're not a good team. It doesn't help. 
Darren W006. G'day, boys. How funny must it be for the Titans to leak news of chasing staff, stags? I assume, it says staffs, but I shouldn't even say stags. And then sitting back to see our reaction, does the club realise their immediate rivals in the bottom half want us to chew up our cap space for 2022 with these tactics? Well, um, I think Mal said this pretty publicly like last year that like he did that to us to make us sign like Flegler and shit. And then he went and stole for feeder. And then they're doing it again. We're like, oh, oh no, they want Katoni for the, to be their six. Oh, shit. We've got to sign him for our six. Yeah, we saw like <laughs> seven guys up. They're like, ah. Xavier Coates, how you doing, bud? You know, it's yeah, like, yeah. Uh, 100%. I don't like Titans might be after him, but there's absolutely no fucking way they're offering him their six jersey. I believe that when if it came from Mal's mouth, I would believe that. That's it. I don't even know. I wouldn't even believe it then. Yeah, if you, true. If you you're believe right. that. I'll sell you a bridge. That's what you're I'll actually, do. Actually, oh, they just see it on a contract. They just yeah. Contract. Once it's like literally a clause in a contract. Yeah. That's then right. I'll believe it. You're right. Cause like, it's just exactly what he said, mate. It's like, it's just manager talk. And then the, the Titans are like, yep. Yeah. We, we're really big on him as a six. Huge. <laughs> might, might pay him a million and a half. <laughs> like, we hear the salary caps going up. We, <laughs> we're going to pay him under the new cap. <laughs> um, uh, Levi underscore KN. Name your 2022 squad taking off any on off contract players you want. I feel this is a bit, Far out to name a twenty twenty two. I feel like we've done this before as well, but I do. I have okay. Let's look at the off contract list. There's eleven of them off contract. So there's uh, Jesse Arthur's. No, nah, John Asiata. I'd love to keep him, but could, I don't care. Uh, yeah, Xavier, yeah, I'd rather keep him, especially if there's eleven others. I'm probably going to say no to. Yeah, uh, Xavier Coates. Yeah, keep him. Dale Copley. See you, bud. I mean, God, how far down the chain is he, by the way, if him specialist center? Defensive specialist. Yes, not in there. Um, Tom Dean, keep. Alex Glenn, retiring, right? But it wouldn't keep anyway. Uh, uh, yeah, he's probably gone. Yeah. Uh, David Mead, see you later. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Milford, ta-ta. <laughs> Uh, Tessie New, I believe he's already re-signed. I think maybe this, this is wrong, but anyway, if he hasn't, I'd keep Tessie. Uh, Keenan Palace, see ya, see you later, and then Ben Teo, see you later. And then the other Pia one, Piakura, he doesn't fully count because he's a development player, and oh, then yeah. Kony Stags is an option, so he could also leave. But like, what Stags. about this for Milford? We play, we pay him like 300k or whatever. And his role is the number 14. He <laughs> I mean, comes if we... on in the second half and he just does what he wants to do. Oh, if you get him as like your 14 for a real cheap, I'd, I'd, have, I'd accept that. But I don't think he'll accept that himself. Yeah, but as you said, Brisbane media have like, everyone knows how bad he is. Who, who else is paying him to be a starting half? Yeah. And then I think Jake Turpin has a player option as well, but I don't think he's got the options to go elsewhere. So I'm assuming he's going to activate that. Was it like... We've talked about Milford before is I honestly think his options, not as far as what would people would offer him, but as far as where he would want to go is Brisbane Titans. So he could still live with his parents or any Q yeah. cup side that live in Brisbane that are in Brisbane or Shiny coast. Like yeah. I don't think he wants to leave where he lives currently from what I've heard about him. So like yeah, just, just mate play the 14 and you can just come on like five minutes into the second half and just, just run around a bit. Do what you want. 
And yeah. you don't have to yell at people. You don't have to organize the side. You just back up people. Uh, Rodio from smart ass unit. Let Oates go, Corey. That is, if he can't beat Richie to get a spot, he might as well ask for a release. Milf, when Stags back to play five eight, might as well let Milf go. Did in a weird one as he is going to. Did in a weird one as he is going or staying. I mean, Milf. So if Stags comes back, there is a chance he goes into six straight away. You know, it depends what the, how the season's going. If, they, if that's true as well, well, if we actually believe he's our six as well, because we haven't actually had the club say that again. Um, that could just be agent talking it up. But Corey Oates, I mean, he probably would go if, if the club wanted him. If a, like We'd probably let him go too, but I don't think there's a queue of clubs wanting the 600K contract Corey Oates is on. Yeah, probably not. And f- for Stags, like if the, again, we don't know, but if the club wanted him to play six, hmm. honestly, just like, Bugger off Croft, bugger off Milford, Stags play six, didn't play seven, and just see what happens the rest of the year. Yeah, Milford 14. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll see yeah. how that goes. Yeah, obviously depending by how everything's going by that point and if Cassoni thinks he can hold up the playing six, but I'm with you there. If that's what they're doing next year, Give it why a go not? Now. Yeah, why not? Like, yeah, he'll probably struggle now, but this is the time to struggle before call you get the full preseason and you get to get those games out of the way, get up to speed at six and then play six next year. hundred percent. If that's what they actually plan on doing, he should play six when he gets back. Uh, Angus underscore Lockie with Reynolds South's drama. Would you be willing to offer Reynolds a three year deal to partner stags in the halves? If it means losing Dearden, or do you think we are further away than three year gap Reynolds would give and should persevere with Dearden slash keeping youth? Clubs should never be thinking about the halfback they've got in five years. Like, because it's so far yeah, away. Agreed, like, agreed. If we lost in, I would happily give him a two or three year <laughs> deal. Like, because, yeah, it's a it's a good nab for us. And it'd be one thing we be relieving about having Adam Reynolds as our halfback, Simo, is that whilst he can't run the ball, whilst he can be boring, it'd be nice to have a guy who, like, understands, like, okay, the set starts here. We want the set to end there. And then we're going to kick the ball there. That'd be yeah. really nice. Like, oh, wow, that's really basic, but he gets it. <laughs> um, Angus continues. He said, for what it's worth, I'd love Reynolds. Dearden is great. And in an ideal world, we'd partner him with Reynolds. But that's just not going to happen with Stags off of the sixth role. I guess, supposedly, that is. Dearden not progressing as well as hoped with not being able to play Q Cup last year. Yeah, I mean, I'm not ready to give up on Dearden yet in, in that regard. But yeah, I think that's, I wouldn't pair them together either myself. Uh, um, but I think yeah, did not go for first. But you have to, you have to be talking to Reynolds, in my opinion. Um, I think like, you like you have to talk to every potential mm-hmm. free agent. Like, what else? That that's your job. Like, do your job. Exactly. And instead of us seeing all the time Broncos players meeting with other coaches, can we for once see one fucking player from another club meeting with ours? <laughs> like, like a good one. Like this is obviously it's an advantage for the Broncos to have half of Queensland signed up on scholarship deals. Yeah. But I think the disadvantage is that like, like we've said earlier today, even we'd never really look outside and we never try to get a Cameron Munster or a Harry Grant because it's like, well, we've got like 300,000 other kids that we could sign. Yeah. I think that's just like the other side of the coin to like, yeah. Yeah. 
I know, I know they're not exactly the same, but I'll, I'd love to look at like, because everyone always talks about looking at the storm and the roosters. Okay, whatever. We can't achieve that, but we can achieve what Canberra are doing. And Canberra have been happy to look. They've lost good players every year and nobody seems to remember that. They lost, they've just lost, uh, what's his name? John Bateman. They lost Junior Paul the year before. Don't rate him. They lost Shannon Boy the year before that, though, which was, you know, apparently a big loss. But every year they lose good players and you don't fucking notice because yeah. they're, they're turning the wheels, but they're also signing like Ryan James should have been a 2021 Brisbane Bronco. 300K for a leader who came from down the road. He should have been at our club this year. Instead, he's there. He literally, like, wouldn't have had to move house. Yes. We talk all the time about these players that they can sign for the Titans and they don't have to sell their house. They just drive down the road for training. Yeah. And it would literally be the same. Yep, 100%, mate. And then they let go. Of, like, Joey Lua went to shit, but at the time, they let go of Joey Lua. They let go of Rapana, who came back. Like, they've let good players leave that club. Yeah, they let Caesar go, they let Austin go, and yeah, Austin fell to shit. But again, they they let that happen, and they backed on a few a core of players and rotated the rest. And that's what we should be doing because we can't keep them all. So again, like the Raiders ended up just like they, they grabbed Horsburgh from the North Queensland Cowboys. They brought some guys from England, like like Ryan Sutton, for example. Grabbed Joe Tarpanay, you know, all that kind of stuff. They rotated this, and all of a sudden they had this depth and this great pack all signed up on deals and they didn't, and it doesn't matter. They kept losing players to it. Cause they found <laughs> other players. And they have Tom Starling sitting there. Like <laughs> to be their backup hooker. Ridiculous. Yeah. And then Sebastian yeah, well, Chris comes to nowhere and plays well. You know? Cause they're Canberra and they get like no media on them. They can yeah. just, Tom Starling can just sit there and just, yeah, that's it. Mate. He should have a starting job somewhere in the league. Like he should mate. like they have like, I don't, I never rated Louis an origin player, obviously, but Namus Louis in reserve grade this week with Harry Renaira, with Emre Gula, with Corey Horsburgh, like all four of those guys that walk into our team. So with Tom Starling. So <laughs> like, yeah, I'd rather go down that model. Like he said, mate, you can't just keep re-signing. You'll look elsewhere. And they were doing that at the same time. Players are negotiating. Like, okay, whatever. We're going to go get... We're getting. They got George Williams in a year before they figured out what they're going to do with him. They just signed yeah. a good player and figured it out later. There's like... You're never going to miss out by signing good players. Mm-hmm. Like, you're never going to sign a good player and be like, damn, wish we didn't do that. Wish we didn't sign this great halfback. Anyway. Yeah. And uh, oh, I forgot to mention as well, they bloody like I don't remember rating the player he is now, but Nick Kotrick's went on like seven hundred K. Yeah, but see this is like if this was if this was us, we would sign Nick Kotrick to stop him going for seven fifty K. Yes, exactly. We wouldn't go shit, we might have to bite that bullet. We're like, now look, you can go down there for seven hundred or you can stay for eight hundred. It's like what? <laughs> That's not how it works. Yeah. And like I no one in NRL media ever seems to go, yeah, that player's bad. But like Ricky Stewart has to have been like in a meeting and they're like, this player is not as good as this amount of pay. Like yeah. we're not getting value if we pay him that much money. So yeah, we'll let him go. And we did it with Fafita, the wrong one to do it with. It's like, yeah, yeah. Like all like, the other guys. <laughs> we kept every single player except Fafita. Yeah. Like we could have done it with Flegler or Carrigan or Lodge. Or like, like, like Carrigan Lodge, even like Ricky, maybe right now, like heaps of them. Carry, uh, but no, line in the sand on Fafita. That's it. But yeah, that's it. Like it's easy to say, oh, we should like to storm all the roosters. But Canberra went from being shit house like four or five years ago, 
a bit longer actually, but the shit house to being a team now that has a ridiculous depth and look like like tomorrow they could lose four, four forwards and be just fine. Yeah, well, like Ryan James is like probably not in their best side. Yeah, he's cracking it now, but that's it. he's cracking it only probably only because Horsburgh and shit missed round one because they were they were idiots. Yeah, you know, like yeah, but that's it. They have great options. Like they they reserve grade side. They've be- their forward packs better than the bloody Bulldogs. And yeah, they got there because they didn't just keep re-signing everyone. As you said, they they went, they liked Junior Paula. They they chased him like a year to get him down there. And I thought that was a great signing for Para. But they were like, look, this is what we have. This is all we have for you. Yeah. Like this is what we think you're worth. If you don't want this, yeah. we'll find someone else that's worth this. Yeah. And they probably turned him into when they got Bateman, which was fine. But bringing in Bateman and they had Whitehead and they brought in Ryan Sutton, like they just pieced it together from there. It's great. It's been like. It's been good to watch that happen over a few years, even though it's not my side. But like, it's been interesting to see, like, some people put that together and actually like build a good, very good side. That's it, mate. And and it's not easy for them because they're not the teams we mentioned. They're not the Storm and they're not the Roosters. They can't just have like again. We have the pulling power that we could just go pick up some good players, but they can't do what the Storm or Roosters do. People they, they normally had Canberra. They normally had the people like leaving, like. Yeah, Todd Carney and Josh Dugan and those guys were like leaving because it was Canberra and no one wanted to play there. Well, they played the Spoon Bowl in 2014 and they won the Spoon Bowl then against Cronulla in round 24. But they lost Milford 2014, had that. And I know it's a long time ago now, but six or seven years ago, they were thought, they thought they were rock bottom. But that's when they changed. And, you know, maybe we could think the rock bottom last year for us as a change. We're not seeing it yet because we're still doing the same dumb shit. <laughs> Like, let's keep all of the players and figure it out later. Except for Fida. Don't want yeah. him. Yeah, that's it. And it got, even other ones, like, fuck, I don't, I don't want to keep focusing on this team. But again, they lost guys like, you know, Edric Lee, Branko Lee. Like, I know Shillington sucked, but they let Shillington go. Like, they kept letting first grade player, quality players go over that whole time. Paul Vaughan went. Like, yeah, impressive. We should do the same. Righto, from Cameron. Uh, yeah, Cameron Anko. I'm like Mitch. I'll never give up on MILF. Uh, pres- <laughs> oh, you didn't is- hear that earlier? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You clearly didn't hear the start of this podcast. Um, at present, Din and MILF are our best combination. If Kevy can give them time together, we'll have five wins by round 12. Yes or no? No. <laughs> Let me have a look. So round five is South. No. Penrith. No. Eels. No. Titans. Eh, maybe. Cowboys, yes. Manly, yes. Roosters, no. And then round 12 is Storm, no. So there's like three and a half wins in there. Yeah, no. It's not that I don't believe in Anthony Milford. I believe our time together is is coming to an end. But uh, I don't think that that run of good form relies solely on those two, you know? There's also the issues with that with that with that team still. Like I I I don't think he would move to Melbourne or Sydney because it's Milford. But I think if he was at the Roosters or the Storm, he could be a pretty good player again. I just don't think it'll happen. Yeah, I think there's some lot of things on individually. There's a lot of good players in our team, but the same problems exist that when you can look at the roster on paper and go look, oh, there's ten to twelve good players there. It's the same as the last couple of years. They're piss weak. Just a fact. They're piss weak. They roll over and there's no real leaders there. They don't set a standard for themselves. And when the game gets going, they don't give a shit sometimes it feels like. Yeah. 
Um, so what I'm saying is that Milford and Dearden playing good for a couple of weeks doesn't change all that. You uh, and underscore Thomas. Uh, is it only me who feels like putting either Croft or Dearden at 14 and then bringing them on for the last 10 minutes is a waste of a bench spot? Well, no, we've talked about that one. No, terrible. Chris Cross, 84. Corey Oates, what's his future at the club? According to Kevin Walters, he has decided to go back to the wing. How has he fallen off from being one of the best finishers in the game a few seasons ago to not making the 17? Kind of covered that one. Uh, Cameron Anchor again. We need more Asiata, genuine ball playing forward. I know he had that neck issue, but would love to see him get more minutes. Arguably played our best footy this year when he was on the park against the Eels. Thoughts? Yeah, I don't know why he's been dropped out the last couple of weeks. I think he's a must in the 17, and he's obviously playing this week, and hopefully hopefully somehow we stay in this game so we get things out of it, like, oh, Pain guy started well, or Asad was sort off the bench, and then we can at least make some decisions going forward off that. I hope so. So we get blown away, just you throw the form sheet away again. and Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brad Craig, 28. Yeah, we got a lot think, of questions this week. Yeah, there's like five more. We're Jeez. almost there. I think Milf has run out of time to prove his worth. He's played mm-hmm. ordinary and certainly not a player worth a million per annum. Thoughts? I also think Reynolds would be a good halves option and even better leader for the club. Thoughts? Yeah, we, we kind of discussed both those. We things. need to start with questions because we talked through my, half of these points. Ah, you, and, right. you and Thomas again. Will Corey Oates ever be able to get back into the team? Even with Herbie injured, he didn't get the nod. Yeah, the, I think there's still a chance of him getting back in there, but obviously he's got to tick more boxes than we all think. Like, there's got to be a reason why he's not getting in there. Um, I asked that one already. From Morris McQuill 2. I thought that was Mill's best game in a long time against the Storm. It's a shame the rest of the team really? wasn't on Oof. his level apart from Haas. I think Dearden Milf is our halves next year. Stags, Dearden. Stags, Dearden, halves, Milf, bench utility option maybe for the future. Thoughts. I mean, we yeah, talked about this. I would, yeah, I'd like Milford as a bench player, maybe. I, I, again, I don't want to give up on him, but it's just I've accepted that that's probably the what we're going to have to do. <laughs> Last one here from Luffy underscore nineteen ninety one. Will the Broncos ever win a game ever again? Yes, uh, we get uh, maybe like round eleven or so when we play nice. the Cowboys. Yeah, I, I'm going to hate that we're going to play Manly when Tommy Turbo's back and fit. I hate. Oh that. yeah, classic. Uh, he's probably about time to do something dumb and drunk again and go yeah. sprinting Harry Ramage again. And, and, and right now, like the, the Knights are crippled, but luckily for us, we play them like twice in the last five rounds. It's like, yeah. yeah. It's like, well, Great. Now. Great. Real good fun. Classic. Classic Broncos draw that, eh? Yeah. Mate, what we need, we really needed some concussions on the other side. We need <laughs> someone else to get really concussed against us and then we might win a game. It'd be nice. Only two, because if you get three, they get their emergency in a change. Well, if we can cuss him as well, good luck. <laughs> I just, I mean, this is now getting off topic from the podcast, but I don't know why you don't have, say, that 18th man is just like a proper interchange. Like you swap somebody out of the game completely for this person into the game for any injury. Like mate, it's stubbornness, mate. It's just one of those things. If it was if it was Peter Landis's idea, if he came up with it, it be would be all right now. Yeah, because I mean, obviously, head injuries are a big thing now. But like, if someone snaps their ankle, like if someone yeah, yeah's their ankle, hmm. 
just honestly, you should have a person in there for an injury that takes them completely out of the game, basically. And like, yeah, now you can swap them in. You've got this person. They're completely out of the game. Mm. Or even if you, you could use it, say, for not injuries, just like, I think Union does this, don't they? They have like substitutes and an interchange as well, or is that? Yeah, it's like, mate, like, honestly, I'm with you there because it's not going to be the game changer people think it is, but it also appeases a lot of people. It will shut the clubs off about it. It gives another option and whatever. Like, it's not going to, so what? It's not going to really change the game that much. You said if they replace someone and use the interchange and that player's gone for the game. Yeah, you can't swap anyone good out. But like, you can't interchange Tamalolo out then because you're not getting Tamalolo back on the field ever. Like, they're out of the yeah. game. Yeah, and it's it's get with the times in that one regard. In, in that regard, people, because like, again, I four, four or five years ago, you asked me, I would have said this is a dumb idea, but it's like before four or five years ago, nobody went off for concussions. Like, no one went off for HIAs and stuff. And yeah. You know, not saying it has to be that reason, but that already highlights a massive need for it. But then p- placing dumb for mine, dumb little qualifications around it is ridiculous. It's like, just bring it is, as you said, the same reason you just said there. I think it's the player is gone for the game. They can come on and replace someone for the game. Yeah. I think it's AFL, not union where they have four subs that they can rotate like normal. And then they have another person that wears like a funny colored vest. Mm -hmm. And like when he gets subbed into the game, he is now just replaces somebody that comes off and they are out from the game. And like, Often, usually it's an injury because those happen in, you know, sports games and someone's out for the game. So you just swap them out, but not always, but like, yeah, just. Well, God forbid, yeah. another tactical wrinkle in the game, Simo. Who cares if someone gets to take someone out? Because every, again, everyone has the same option then. Yeah, it's even still. Yeah. What we need to do is we need to inception this, is we need to put Volandis into a sleep. Yes. We go inside his dreams and whisper this to him and he'll wake up and be like, what? this like, is my idea. Like the way you're stating it removes that stupid thing of, oh, coaches will abuse it by like faking it or something. It's like, no, this is, everyone has the same chance of abusing it. It's the same rule, whatever. And again, there's not many players out there in the game. You're like, mate, wait till he comes on for 15. He's going to change the whole thing. That's not already in your 17. You know, there's so many of those guys. That yeah, that, that person's wearing your number 14 already. Yeah. Because you're already wanting them in the game. Like, yeah. on, like, I mean, it's been a long time since I've really watched many AFL games, but when I'd watch it, like the person that is wearing what you've got 18 on the field and four subs. So that's mm. what you're wearing, essentially your 21 number. They're your 21st best player that's fit at the moment. Like they're not, yeah. they're not your seventh best player that's fit. Yeah. And you can talk about abusing all you want, but say, say a team did go, I'm going to be a genius. I'm going to carry my bench hooker in my 18. 55 minutes in, I'm going to swap them. How you do that? What happens if the bench hooker who came on gets injured? They've lost their other hooker. Like, it's risking it anyway. Like, yeah. Like, it's not some ma- magic player who comes on the field who's just going to change the game every week for every team. If you want somebody to come on the 50, 50 minutes, they can do that from a substitution yes. spot. They don't need to do that from an interchange spot. Yeah, like, no. They can already do that from the 14 jersey. Yeah, exactly. I'm with you, mate, that it should just be more open. Uh, like The way they're putting it in now from this weekend of like three concussions or a foul play sin bin. By the way... When's the last time we've had a foul play sin bin? Well, we had one. I better, I better say the last one we had one was Daniel Perfeita on Jairo. They won't take an arrow off for that, okay? It's <laughs> like... <laughs> Uh, again, like it has to be pretty like people foul play happens to players 
but generally if they get hurt from foul play, like it's like a HIA anyway or something. Most of the time it's like they still stay on the field. Like whatever. The Callum Pong Chad Townsend one on Ponga, they would have got a sub. So there's like two in the last two years. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Good rule. Oh, cool. Is that, is that all the questions? Yeah, that's all of them. I'm going to go read this Carmichael Hunt article Budu sent me. So Perfect. Okay, well, thanks for joining us, Simo, and we'll see you guys depending on the results. <laughs> Probably a couple of weeks or so. <laughs> no promises. <laughs> right, I see ya. Yeah. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.